morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Midday Grind, 590 The Fan, Chuck Marlowe on TMA duty. Back with us tomorrow. We're going to be at the Schnooks in Arnold. The Schnooks World Tour continues. We really sort of messed this up. This which, is the one-off Water Tower Plaza. Which is the, the the Arnold signature. Yes. Is the Water Tower. Big uproar a few years back when they were going to paint the Water Tower. But we really ja- jammed things up because we should have had Kenny Wallace. Water Tower Place, rather. Oh, on Friday. We had to get him on Tuesday because we had to have him defend St. Louis after all that's the Chris right. Bryant stuff. We had to defend the Lou. The pride of Arnold. Because Kenny Wallace, when you have him on, what is he? Hi, gang. How are you? You know, I'm, I'm severe ADHD. I'm from Arnold, Missouri. Okay? He was at a scrapyard in Valley Park when we had him on Tuesday. He tweeted out how much he got $41 back <laughs> trading in some of his sheet metal. <laughs> From some of his old cars, and he said, "How many Bud Lights can I buy for forty-one dollars?" I never realized how bad, how like little money you get from those places. I have to like, pretty much get a new car, and I'm looking at like how much I could get from just like scrapping my current one. And it's like for entire cars, it's like yeah, like three hundred bucks. It's like, I'm sorry, what now? It's like returning books in college. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, there's no. I'm like, I'm like this. The amount of metal I'm giving back to you, in the condition that I'm giving it back to you. Is at least triple that when it, when you factor in what was costing coming off the factory. This is ridiculous. But I, I think even people, and we always presume that they were homeless. By the way, what's the car sponsor on this show again? I need a phone number. Offenberg. Right now. I'm going to write that down. Write it down. They'll hook get, you I gotta up. Him, I got to give him a call, actually. We got to get The Rock over to Offenberg Hyundai, O'Fallon, Illinois. Easy to get to, Rock. Don't forget, short ride to a great deal. See, I'll make a call. I, I've been over there enough with, with sponsors here and also um, working over there for a little bit. I don't. I, I I've gotten over the xenophobia the perception that the Mississippi is about 15 miles long, which I think is that that's the issue. It's not. A, it's not a xenophobia. It's a geography issue. Dangerous. It, it's the that people bridge. think that that bridge is so far. I mean, you're on there for an, like practically an hour, I think. Um, and, and so it really freaks people. The out. The Mississippi River to people who live in St. Louis, 20 miles. is like no. It's like 270 to people who live in St. Charles. <laughs> They're just afraid to cross it. Like we, we've got our stuff over <laughs> they don't here. Don't go east of it. The amount they of never times, go east and here I grew up in the city. The amount of times people treat um, Belleville like it's. Columbia, but they're like, yeah, let's go to St. Charles and do this. I'm like, I'm sorry, that's another 30 minutes than further than Belleville is. Why are we treating it like it's much closer? I talk to Matt Offenberg about this all the time because he grew up in the Belleville area. Yeah. O'Fallon, Illinois. Five minutes from the city. <laughs> he Maybe. said years ago a guy called him and said, hey, I'm going to pop by and see you. And he said, oh, great. Are you near O'Fallon? He said, yeah, I'm over here in uh, Redbud. And he said, well, it's not exactly next door. I tell people that all the time. Hey, I'm going to Edwardsville. I'm you want to meet up for lunch? Like, well, we're we're in Belleville. That's really far away. <laughs> you but you guys aren't all like right next to each other. <laughs> I guarantee our listeners in the Metro East 
are laughing or raising their hand right now and saying, yes, yeah, all my it. St. Louis friends are clueless. So you're, okay, you're Collinsville? Oh, cool. I'm going to be in Waterloo tomorrow. You want to come by? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I can, but that's it's not exactly convenient. Uh, Midday Grind, this hour brought to you by Schnooks. Let's tell you about tomorrow. We mentioned it. Arnold, Missouri, our world tour continues. Most famous people from Arnold, maybe other than... The Wallace family. I think uh, Mike Wells might have played, the guy from Fox High School, played in the NFL for a little bit. We'll get into the Arnold conversation tomorrow. Schnooks making sure you eat healthy in the new year. Not only the fresh produce, great options when you're shopping, but also the magazine Simply Slim. So when you're there, grab that magazine. It's complimentary. And inside, they've got multiple, I think it's up to 40 recipes that you can make at home that help you eat right in the new year. Instead of just saying, I'm going to go on a crash diet, Make better choices. You can do that with Schnucks, the friendliest stores in town. And, of course, the Schnucks 19, they took over all those shopping saves. Well, 19 of them to continue to provide you great service around town. They also sponsor the High School Athlete of the Week. And right now we welcome to the show Jason Cole from Fansided.com. Been covering the NFL for years, and he caught everyone's attention in St. Louis with the headline the other day, Cronky increasingly agitated about money he is spending on litigation with St. Louis. Jason, welcome aboard. How are you? I'm great. How are you? And I think another nugget in that piece that really stood out was what took place in Houston. Give our audience a little idea there. Before the votes took place, before L.A. was even talked about, what did the league do? Uh, the league walked into every one of the three teams, the Chargers, the Rams, and the Raiders, and they said, um, if you want to proceed this morning, um, you, you must sign um, agreements that you uh, will uh, pay for all, you will indemnify the league for any lawsuits that were filed against your team, the league, other teams, um, anything that would happen in relation to relocation. Any sense that it blindsided the teams, or is that sort of SOP, standard uh, operation? It, 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 I think the teams were mildly surprised but not shocked, and then the understood what the partners were doing you know like they're not gonna partners are not gonna just um allow you to do this and say okay we're on board with all of the risk that goes with us so there was an understanding and that's why they all signed so there wasn't a whole lot of debate about it but these years later as you know lawsuits have started to unfold um think there's some angst about it that would be that would be the minimal way to put it and we had an attorney on last hour who represents some of the psl owners in st louis they've reached a settlement the rams are going to pay 24 million plus legal fees for folks who bought these personal seat licenses um tell us tell us your understanding because that's one element the the city county there's bigger lawsuits pending now what you're hearing about how stan Kroenke is feeling about all this oh you're not happy he feels like he was coerced into doing this, which is, you know, humorous considering the way that he traditionally does business. But um, suffice to say, he's not happy about where this stands. Um, and I know that at one point, he toyed with the idea of suing his partners. I don't think that was ever going to be anywhere that he really um, went. But I think he was so angry that he sort of blurted out, I'll sue everybody. Yeah, that's what and we had. Yeah, that was back. That's, in, not, that's not going to really happen, though. Right? Wasn't there some thought in Houston that day that 
they kind of the Rams kind of put that on the table. Like if you stop us from doing this, we'll sue all of you in the room. Wasn't that sort? Of, I don't know if Kevin Demoff made the comment. We had heard yeah, that. There's some element of that. Like if you're, I'll, I'll sue. Yeah, if you don't let me go, what I want to do, I'll sue you. If you now that you have let me do what I wanted to do, I'll sue you as well. Um, you know, look, this is this is part of the issue that the league has generally in dealing with big, deep-pocketed owners. Because on the one hand, they want more people like Kroenke in their club because Kroenke pays you know premium price, and that helps drive up the, the value of the teams. At the same time, they get a little scared off when they have guys who have way deeper pockets than them who are in cooperative. So like when Larry Ellison was toying with buying the Raiders, because of the nature of how Larry Ellison has done business, and he owns Oracle for anybody who doesn't know who Larry Ellison is. And I think he's worth $30 billion or something. Um, you know, they, he scares them a little bit. And Crocky's in that realm of guys who have so much money that they scare even other NFL owners. In some ways, you know, not totally frightened, but it's one of those things that he's got enough deep pockets that he could hang us up in court for a long time. Jason Cole with us, fansided.com. The Oakland situation is fascinating to me because everyone knew they were moving. It was clear. It was on the table. They play a couple of seasons, and then all of a sudden the city's like, no, wait a minute. These guys are leaving. We're going to sue them. Why were they sort of late to the game in terms of suing the Raiders? Well, there's there's a lot of politics going on in Oakland that, um, you know, the, the mayor of Oakland, has not always been on board with wanting to keep the team in any way, shape, or form. Because, uh, and that's um, Libby Schaff. She sort of tried to pave the way in Oakland for the A's to get a new stadium and make that as easy as possible. And one of the ways to make that as easy as possible is to get the Raiders off that property and then sell that land to the people who own the A's. It's very complicated. There's a lot of chess moves going on there. It's... um, it's very it's very difficult to explain easily. Bottom line is there was a good reason for Libby to say, okay, the Raiders can go and we don't want to deal with them. Okay? But there are a lot of other people in Oakland who are like, wait a sec, the Raiders are our identity. This is the most famous Oakland-based team. Even the Warriors don't represent Oakland the same way that the Raiders do, even though they play basically at the same place, the Oracle Arena and the Coliseum are right next to each other. But those people basically pressed all of the politicians in Oakland to file this lawsuit. And now that they filed it, everybody is you know, pretending that they're on board with this lawsuit. The interesting part is because um, Mark Davis signed this agreement where he's liable for all the legal fees, he's not staying crunchy. We're seeing to write a lot of checks to make this happen. Mark Davis, this this could be one of those things that that really drives him out of ownership um, or into some kinds of other settlements. And where do you think they play next year? No no chance they return to Oakland? No, there's a chance. I mean, look, uh, when this first happened a few weeks ago, they were really angry and vowed not to play in Oakland. But as the weeks have sort of played out and they've studied the options, you know, it's difficult. You know, they, 
it's not one of those things that can just get done really, really easily. So they may end up still in Oakland. They may up in, end up in San Francisco playing at um, – that's now Oracle Park as well. <laughs> Everything is Oracle in, um, uh, on these parks. Uh, or they may play in Levi Stadium, which is down in Santa Clara, where the 49ers play. There's all these sort of considerations to go in all of this. Um, but I suspect they'll end up playing in the Bay Area when it's all said and done. But I know that the day that it happened, people within the organization were vowing that they would never play in Northern California again. They since backed off that vow. It is amazing going back three years, all the town halls, San Diego, Oakland, St. Louis, we're going to try and work. And we joked at the time it was a puppet show. Hey, we want to make it work. They're not in any of those markets moving forward. So whether it was just total insincerity, what have you, it, none of it worked out in the in the home markets. I'm curious on the bigger picture. We, we mentioned that Kroenke, he can write the checks. This PSL lawsuit is going to be about $24 million plus legal fees. Any gauge on what the bigger lawsuit, the city of St. Louis, the county, that thing's dragging through the courts, but that they were deceitful in their practices. There's a famous Kevin Demoff quote in the Los Angeles Times saying, I knew in August of 2013 that we had the right place to move to, the piece of land by the forum, all of these things. Any gut as to what that kind of number could be if the Rams were held liable? Well, I mean, people talk about a billion dollars. I don't know that that's ever going to happen. Um, <coughs> excuse me, I'm just getting, I'm fighting a cold right now. But I would say that, you know, you got to quantify what your losses are. And what are your annual losses over a period of time in hotels and you know, concessions and jobs? That's the things that you can quantify. Now, can you also quantify damage to the brand, the market, to St. Louis? Uh, I don't know. That's, again, that's a tough one. So are we talking about $100 million, $200 million, somewhere in between there and a billion? Um, I mean, those are all in the realm of possibilities. How likely is any of this to happen? I'm not, you know, I, I say time and again to people on Twitter, like I'm not a lawyer, but these are smart people who are arguing it out. They wouldn't file a lawsuit if they didn't think it had some kind of merit and some belief um, that they could win something out of it. So I think the arguments will be interesting. I do think that cities tend to win locally, like in the St. Louis court or the Bay Area court in Oakland's case. I think the city will probably win. But really, the big issue is what happens when they go up to um, higher courts on appeal. And that's where jurisdiction, you know, there's no, there's no more bias. Jason, what about San Diego? You don't hear anything there in terms of lawsuits. And I was there two they years. Agreed not, they agreed not to not to sue the, the city when they did their last lease with the Chargers. Um, agreed not to sue the Chargers. Oh, interesting. Because I was out there two years ago, and I have to tell you, as upset as St. Louis fans were, I found the San Diego fans way more bitter. And I was surprised. I thought, you know, Southern California, they don't care. And they said, we're not driving 10 miles, let alone 50 miles, to see these guys. It's really left that franchise in a weird spot, and I get the sense, would the league still want to get back into San Diego if they could? Well, I think if you were to prioritize these markets, the three markets that they've left, you know, you've got Oakland probably would be number one, if especially if they had the Raiders brand. And that's what, one of the things that the city of Oakland is fighting for. They're, they're fighting for the Raiders brand and the colors. And that's really, really fascinating. Um because they want to win enough money that that becomes a bargaining chip. 
And I would say that San Diego is probably number two because of the growth in that area. They've got 3 million people. Um, there's also, you know, the desire to win over more of the um, Hispanic market, given its proximity to Tijuana. And I would say St. Louis, and I don't mean to say this, um, you know, I, this is probably not going to go over very well with your audience, but St. Louis would be the last of those three markets because huh? it's someone that doesn't have as much growth. Yeah, no, I think we, we, we get that. I, I I think we're realistic about it. And and I'm sure plenty of people would say, I'll take them back in a heartbeat. There's another group that say, I'll never deal with this league again. But I also think realistically, if I'm the NFL, am I interested in Northern California and San Diego ahead of St. Louis? I think that's fair. With Kroenke, everything he does is about making money, whether it's cost-cutting here and there or moving to L.A. But there have, has been this point of thought that going to L.A., okay, he doubles his value of his franchise. So instead of a billion, it's two billion or whatever. But he's spending all this money on the stadium. He's spending money potentially on all these lawsuits. Is it ultimately a, a revenue gain? I mean, it, does it make sense financially if you look at this? I think he liked the ego of it too. I think the, the thing you always look at, and this, this plays out with the NFL in just about everything that they do, the NFL plays the long game from an ownership and labor standpoint, like they play the long game in terms of collective bargaining with their own players. They play the long game in terms of franchise value. You know, like they're not thinking about how this is going to work out in 2020 or 2022. They're concerned about how this is in 2030 and 2035. And the worst and they learned a really hard lesson by leaving Los Angeles back in the nineties and really in the 80s when, when the Rams moved and basically left Los Angeles to go to Orange County because Orange County is not anything the same as Los Angeles. I grew up in Los Angeles. Um, we kind of laughed at the Rams when they, when they moved there. And I grew up a Rams fan. I don't, I don't care anymore, but we laughed about that. It's like Orange County. I mean, are you kidding me? Um, and so they learned a hard lesson that you can lose a, more, a really important market if you're not strategic, but you need to make sure that you feed that market over a period of time. Cause you've got, you know, 18 million people in a four County area down in Southern California. You've got to make sure that you're selling. It's not just about, will people show up for the games? It's about merchandising. It's about branding. It's about everything that the NFL is. And you don't want to lose that market. So they understand there's going to be short term pain for long term gain. Final question, Jason. Any market that's in danger of having what happened to St. Louis, Oakland, San Diego? Is Jacksonville sound? Is there any franchise right now that could be ripe? Or if nothing else, they'll play the threat, which L.A. is now gone. But like, hey, we'll pack up and move. We'll go to Toronto, London, Mexico City. Is there any franchise that's close to that? <laughs> no, Jacksonville is the closest one. Uh, you know, people in Jacksonville want to deny it all the time, but it's there. Um, they don't have much of a lease. You know, he, wants, he currently, and that's Shad Khan, who you guys probably know well in the St. Louis area. I mean, he talks more about London because he's an international guy. I just don't think that London's ever realistic. It's just I, the concept of moving your team over there just is too hard. Um, so, excuse me. Um, but I think someday, you know, Jacksonville becomes much more in play um, to move to one of the cities that we've already talked about, whether it's San Diego, whether it's uh, Oakland, whether it's St. Louis. Um, wherever they can get a better deal. I think the Carolina is a little bit in play because they just got sold. 
Um, people talk about Buffalo all the time, although, you know, the people, the, um, the Pagulas who bought them have ties to the Buffalo area, so I don't think they will. But look, everybody knows Stan Kroenke had ties to the St. Louis area. That didn't seem to much matter much to him at that point. But I would say any of those cities that are receding uh, and we have newer owners, yeah, you could you could see some uh, you could see those teams in flux. You can read more at fansided.com. Jason Cole, most recent piece about the legal wranglings and how it's upsetting folks like Kroenke having to write some of these checks. And I, the very last thing is, have you had any response from Rams folks or Stan's own PR guy, Tamago Collins, who usually reaches out? Have you heard anything from what, since you had your quote about Kroenke being upset? Have you heard from anybody? Oh, I had a, yeah, our artist Twyman sent me a text the other day saying, did you reach out to us? And I was like, yeah, I reached out to Kevin Demoff. And he's, well, one of those things is completely, you know, some of this is completely false. And I said, okay, artist, what's completely false? And he goes, that, that, uh, Stan Kroenke ever thought about, um, suing his partners. I was like, that's the only thing that, that you think is totally false. <laughs> like an opinion about a man's, uh, about a man's reaction is that that's the part. Everything else is fine, but you, you're going to dispute that. And I haven't heard back from him since then. Inter- and I'll say this. I, I had two sources tell me that that was true. Yeah, interesting. Not in debate, and not surprisingly, that Kroenke is upset that he's got to write some big checks, potentially even more. Jason, thanks for hopping on with us. No problem. Take care. Thanks. All right, Jason Cole on the uh, the legal maneuverings of the NFL, which really is a cottage industry in and of itself. Of course, for all of us, the headline was at the end, Artist. I am <laughs> so much more interested in this than I am in the Super Bowl. Artist Twilight called Jason Cole dispute one little thing in the entire, probably one of the more lesser interesting aspects in the piece. Not the fact that he's pissed that he has to write all these legal, that he has to pay all these legal fees. Or and, they all agreed, hey, it, we're on our own, right. that the league, league sort of yes. bullied these people into it, and that maybe Stan felt bullied into it, which yes, is funny. which is also hilarious. I had forgotten that little aspect of it. How can you bully a billionaire into doing anything? If he wants his way, you got to sign here. I mean, that's a room with Jerry Jones and the power of the group. Oh, oh he's playing the victim Stan, card. Stan, we're going to let you do this, but you need to sign this little sheet. Right, <laughs> Just sign this napkin right over here. And we'll, we'll just get, they'll go, we'll in fact, sign this piece of paper. Stephen, get that it. ready Don't for him. Don't read it. Just, just sign. Uh, hey, Frank, how are you? Let me hold on. I sign something. Dan, I need you to sign this contract. I had forgotten what came out of that day and all of this. Bob Costas is right in terms of get over it. You're not crying about it, but I am fascinated by a lot of it and how it played out. Uh, I think Tim always says 30 for 30, like yeah. in terms of the behind the scenes. I had forgotten that little nugget that came out that day in Houston that Kroenke had threatened or insinuated, if you stop me from doing this, if you vote for Carson, if you vote for the Charger Raider plan, go with Bob Iger, remember our Disney guy, and all, that basically if you stand in my way, I, this was what was allegedly said behind closed doors. I'll sue you. And Artis is saying that that's not accurate. Now, if he I reached who out, his second source was who Jason Cole. Jason Cole said he had two sources. I don't know who his that. first source was. Hmm. Do we know who his first source was? I don't know. You want to know who his second one? I want to know who the first is. We need to know both. Uh, it text Jason. Who, who told you that? This is not Artis. Please <laughs> respond. <laughs> All right, quick break here on the Midday Grind, 5 Nine. the Fan. Other topics to get to. It was a busy night in sports last night on the local scene. 
all the basketball teams took a loss. The hockey team got a win, and now their reward, they don't play for months. We're close to it. You know the next home game for the Blues is February 9th. Oh, my God. February 9th. Doesn't the Super Bowl feel a ways away even right now? Yes. The Blues' next home game is six days after the Super Bowl. It's a ways off. We'll get into some of that. Fast Eddie's doors open at 1 o'clock. You know all about the great fun in Alton, Illinois, and great food. Cold day like today. All right, so I, I scared you guys yesterday, and I said the F word, flu. Yes. I don't think I have the flu. Okay. I got just I got a little something, right? Just Jason was coughing. He's like, I got a little cold cough. <laughs> I coughed this morning, and I thought of you. No. I was, I was furious. I was furious. <laughs> you know what they say? Feed a cold? Starve a cough? I always just feed the cold, feed the cough. Just, just one of the reasons to eat. Yeah, and your your throat sort of hurts. Maybe a cold beer. I'm glad, on the, you feed I'm, a cold, you starve a fever. I'm glad we're not missing the premium Charlie content while he's gone. Feed, feed a cold, feed a cough, feed yourself. Go to Fast Eddie's. Cold beer on that throat. Wouldn't that feel good? Coldest beer anywhere. That'll help you feel better. Great menu. And not lot. everyone at Fast Eddie's is sick. This is not. This Correct. is not what no, Martin no. is saying. They're like, Eddie's like, man, you sent a bunch of sick people in my restaurant. What the hell are you thinking? I'm like, no, no, no. That's not It's not what I was saying at all, Your Honor. It's not a Petri dish You're of over there disease. You in Columbia, Illinois. Take that short drive over. There you go. So yeah. Said, right? Yeah, that's how it works. That's how it works over there in Illinois. Hey, we're, right yeah, next yeah. to each other. You're in Illinois? Where are you? No. Decatur? Oh, just swing by Alden. Yeah. <laughs> now, it's a destination place, and especially there on the weekends, it's amazing. Over 1,000 people. They've got a huge parking lot. If you've never been and you've heard me talk, about it you heard our visits with fast daddy and you heard mike shannon talking about it. it's worth checking out uh, it's like an old roadhouse i didn't know this to the last time i was there wandering all the way into the back there's multiple bars inside then there's the outside area which is covered so it's sort of like inside there's like a motorcycle inside it's almost like a small museum food is great stop by doors open at one then over the weekend friday saturday sunday doors open at 11 they are open seven days a week it's not just Food and fun, it's an experience. Stop by and see Fast Eddie's in Alton, Illinois.